Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 46, Episode 4 of SNL with host only Adele and musical guest Her. I'm Catherine Coleman, and I'm joined this week by Steve Finn and John Murray. If you'd like to connect with any of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion, and if you'd like to watch our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar forward slash snlpodcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. Ooh, we had a lot going on with this episode. We had tons of musical numbers. We finally heard from our girl, Melissa, <laughs> and uh, almost even like a secondary host in Maya Rudolph. Uh, so much True. going on. Yeah. Good point, yeah. Well, we'll certainly get into that later, but up first here, John. We got some patrons to thank, right? Yes. We'd like to offer our thanks to Baron from the great state of Hawaii for joining us as a staff writer patron. And uh, while we're talking about our Patreon tiers, I wanted to mention that if anyone's feeling like maybe they're a little bit priced out of uh, reach, we are now offering a 10% discount on annual membership. So if anyone wants to save a, a few extra bucks and pay annually, that's an option that can get you our full video coverage for what, like 40 bucks a year, I guess. So that's a, it's a pretty sweet deal, I think. So if anyone agrees, they can head over to Patreon, join up, save a few bucks and uh, join us on our YouTube channel. I want to vote for Biden because he's better, smarter, better and better. But I'm worried. I'm worried, too. Because if Donald Trump isn't president, then what are we going to talk about? We get into a campaign ad that asks, what on earth will we talk about if Trump loses? So, Steve, what did you like about this? One? I like the truth about it. It's uh, it's something that I think everybody can say, yeah, th this is a, a real <laughs> phenomenon. I mean, but it's it's not just Trump. Like, we, we all know that anger sells uh, you know, the villain of the narrative, whatever that may be, that's always going to be the juicier slice. So mm -hmm. yeah, we've never had a juicier, slicier vi villain to talk about. Uh, uh, well, in some, in many's opinion, uh, <laughs> than Trump. So yeah, it was really f just funny to watch because it, it hit all the regular beats of these types of PSAs. Uh, it was just, you know, the, the content of it was tweaked for humor. And I think it, it didn't need to be like really over the top. It just needed to be more or less just presented, um, in the same style as, as a lot of these, uh, PSAs often are. Yeah. This one, uh, my palms are sweaty to talk about this one. Cause I get the joke. Um, and you know, we, we try to shy, you know, not espouse too much personal political feelings here, but I was just thinking, why now? Don't say this now. Say this mm. in two weeks. Um, hopefully. Like we this is not the message I want anyone to be sending or receiving right now. And so I was I was just like I was a little taken aback because we we know the politics of SNL, right? So I was in, interest intrigued that they felt, you know, that this was a, a good timing for this sketch. Um so yeah, I mean that's that was my main thing. Like I had trouble getting on board with it. Although, like I said, I, I get the joke, you know, and it, it's it's not a bad joke. It's the news cycle will certainly theoretically 
calm down a lot, right? Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like the timing is uh, not right on this one. So yeah, John, Hmm. hit us us with your opinion on it. Um, Well, I think it's interesting that you're you're not alone in that. I was listening to one of our rival SNL podcasts and they were talking about uh, SNL's take on Biden and they felt Mm -hmm. like last week did him a disservice. And, you know, like they, they do say that SNL is at its best when both sides are thinking that they're, they're the ones taking the hits. I watched this and I'm not particularly right leaning, but I watched it and I thought, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really good observation and very competently explored. So I really liked, mm-hmm. you know, what yeah. they did with it. Um, but in a certain way, it kind of felt like they still took every opportunity to throw in a jab against Trump, you know, like, because these are all, you know, left leaning progressive liberal types that are on screen. So they're saying, you know, Trump is the worst, but we're going to miss him. And you're know, like, Trump <laughs> lies constantly, but what are we going to do without those lies? Like, so right. they're still like getting in their, their, their knocks, right. but still observing something that I think has some merit, some truth to it. So mm-hmm. um, it's funny that you thought that this is something that you have stakes in this election and you don't want anything, you know, maybe pulling the wind out of right. Biden's sales. So you thought that maybe they were hitting Biden a little heavy. I didn't see it in those terms. I, I thought that this was pretty darn fair and, and kind of mm-hmm. down the middle in a way. And I, I thought that the cold opens, um, I think they do take more hits at Trump in general. And that's just because they have four years worth of uh, things in their grab bag of easy jokes for Trump. But I don't think they have been painting Biden in too flattering a light. And uh, mm-hmm. they, there's some, you know, some fair jabs like his flip flop line on fracking and stuff like that. Like that's something that could resonate with the electorate. So um, the, I, I think that there's there's some fair play going on here and I'm okay with it because I don't have any stakes in the election. <laughs> I could care less. Well, I mean, you know, like I don't really I want, I don't want the United States to burn. So, I mean, it, I would like the best outcome. I don't know what that outcome would be. Um, but you know, I just generally enjoy peace. Um, so <laughs> my, I guess I'm my, Canadian. my big takeaway on all of this is that I just find it interesting that, um, you'll unabashedly say SNL, pull your punches, right? Like we're, we're all left here, right? We're all progressive. <laughs> what are you doing here? You gotta be, you gotta be pumping Biden up and you know, you gotta sell this. You gotta get this over the finish line for this old coop. And, uh, I'm thinking <laughs> SNL, just find the jokes where the jokes are. And I think they found some good ones here, right or left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like they were, uh, Oh, come on. <laughs> it's not that they were uh, not attacking Biden. Like, mm. I didn't feel like they were attacking Biden. I felt like I just didn't want them to give anyone some sort of messed up reason to be like, oh, maybe I should vote for Donald Trump. Like, wow, well, this, this is more gonna, amusing. This isn't going to this isn't going to move the needle. Right. Like anyone that you wouldn't think so. But literally, I had a conversation with a guy on the street the other day about how, like, I don't know, but Donald Trump's entertaining. Right. And I was like. Yeah, but there's more important things. Sure. Um. <laughs> in in all fairness, though, this is a narrative that's been around for a while. The idea that yeah. if you looked at the ratings of like cable news or just you know journal uh, visual uh, media in general, it, there was a steep decline in broadcast television journalism and in in like mm-hmm. cable news. And when Trump got in, they all had someone to rally around or you know rally against, and that worked marvelously for their ratings. So there is there there is a serious point to be made that. Uh, you know, you hate them, yeah. but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of pundits out of work. You know, like what's Rachel Maddow <laughs> going to do? They they even said it and, it, and it's so true. Yeah. Like she's been on Trump basically for four years straight now, and I don't know what, if she's going to know what to do with herself when when he's gone if if he goes. So, um, I like that this sketch is generating a you know a little bit of juicy conversation <laughs> here. Um, yeah. that's that's SNL at its best. Yeah, like I don't I don't feel like this sketch is is one that's going to you know it's not going to determine the election. It wasn't yeah. that powerful. Um, but I did, I just found the timing interesting. 
because it also has the it has that potential to just age incredibly poorly in two short weeks. <laughs> sure. And you know what? So so much of SNL, like if if Donald Trump is in for four more years, nothing that we've seen up to this point is going to ever be rewatchable. That's that's a guarantee, right? Because <laughs> they have shown their stripes for so long, the last four years. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's no going back on any of this. If he gets another four years and everybody's like pre congratulating themselves on a Biden victory. Oh, it's going to be as cringy as Hillary taking a victory <laughs> lap. Remember when they were doing the debate sketches and she's like, yep. you mm-hmm. handed me this election. And, you know, uh, they, they the really Miranda monologue. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to be president. Um, <laughs> they uh, they definitely uh, definitely um, jumped the gun on that one. So maybe uh, maybe they'll just be a little bit more restrained and they can start celebrating in a couple of weeks, depending on how things go. Mm-hmm. Well, just in case, Jim Carrey should start practicing the piano because mm. he may <laughs> just have to sing. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> or he may have to be contracted for four years. Which is, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff up in the air with SNL right now. That's for sure. For sure. He's going to send you a cease and desist. Get ready for a cease and desist. The village people threaten Trump with a cease and desist. <laughs> and I'm spoiler. I loved this, but uh, Steve, you can go first. Did you love it too? Yep. Against all odds, <laughs> yeah. there's no there's no reason to like this, <laughs> and yet it's the best thing. <laughs> the whole episode is like my favorite thing. <laughs> I loved it so much. It's just it's just them doing the village people changing the words and you know suggesting doing horrible things to <laughs> Trump's children. Oh man, uh, yeah, it's I just didn't have enough time between what watching this <laughs> and this podcast to to actually articulate why i loved it but i i just loved it something it's about the village good, people silly fun yeah the village people are just silly and <laughs> it's still a mystery to me why they how they ever came to be in the first place so <laughs> however they're utilized whatever you use them for it's it's just going to be hilarious yeah seeing a bunch of people Right. This was just delightfully fun, right? You know, we have mm-hmm. the guys coming out here in ridiculous costumes, dancing, and every single one of them was selling it. Like, oh my God, Mikey and Chris <laughs> in the background were so funny. Biden with the handlebar mustache, Beck, that short, thick little man. Like, I loved it. <laughs> it's the only way to describe Beck Bennett. Um, just trust me. Um, but like, Oh, I, oh my God. I was just dying. And then Alex leaping across the screen. The performances sold it because when I was watching it live, I was only picking up certain words. I wasn't even fully following the song. And then when I rewatched it, they had added the lyrics in. Um, and then, so then it was like a whole new fun layer. And like the, and the lyrics are pretty good. They're pretty funny, but the performances are just really what sold it. And wow, I loved it. So John. Are you on the same page? Yeah, I'm not going to rehash everything that you guys already talked about because uh, it's all very obvious. You know, this mm-hmm. this just makes so much sense. If if Trump is dancing to village people, how do they feel about it? Great. There's your starting <laughs> point. And now mm-hmm. we get the rebuttal. Um, perfect. Great to weave this into weekend update and have the whole Jost um, keeping them on the right side of the law. You know, that's a nice thing where they're just so <laughs> oblivious that they think that they can, you know, call for acts of violence against people and it, it's just not you know gonna have any re- repercussions because it's in song um <laughs> great vehicle for keenan but the one thing that i want to point out little known fact about alex moffat is that 
in a previous life, he was a member of the Chicago Bulls dunk team. That's right. So if anyone's going to know how to, you know, pirouette or leap <laughs> or, you know, just launch himself like a gazelle across the, the screen in I the form of Alexander. Sure. And the fact that you know that just raises so many questions. Um, <laughs> But just, you know, just the fact that some little skill that he had in his back pocket from so many years ago uh, starts to pay off, you know, in in such a fun, charming little sketch, just to give it that little bit of icing um, made me happy. So how can you not love this kind of yeah. stuff? This is what SNL should be doing more of. Just make us feel good. You know, <laughs> yeah. don't challenge us. Just put something like this up on screen and, and let us just go for a fun little musical ride with you. Yeah. Just be silly. Yep. For access to our full sketch-by-sketch review, head on over to Patreon or Subscribestar.com forward slash SNL podcast. Let's get into our overall thoughts. So let's see. We have moment of the night. Steve, why don't you go first? So John was wondering how I knew the the ballet terminology. Mm. Uh, It's because I went and looked it up because my moment of the night is Alan Dershowitz doing the, the Grand Jeté. It may just be a regular jeté. Uh, I'm I'm new. <laughs> Who could know? At, at this, I just started reading up on it, but that caught me off guard. I was already just like having fun with this stupid, silly village people thing, and we already saw Dershowitz stroll by. You would not be uh, out of line to think that he was completely done in the sketch, and then he just <laughs> swings by <laughs> like he did, and it was just so unexpected. Uh, got me laughing probably the (laughs) hardest set of everything in that moment i'm really torn between three moments um what what is it he did a grand what grand jeté i'm torn between the grand jeté uh the vatican joke and the first time that adele broke into song in the bachelor sketch i Mm. think those were all really great moments for me but i do think i'm going to echo steve and give it to alex moffat doing whatever it is um because every single time I've rewatched it, and it's been several times, that has been the part where I just cackle every time. Um, on the rewatch, I rewound it and watched it again. So that, while those other two moments were really good, they weren't quite that good. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Alex here with the with the grand jeté. Yes. So John, what's your moment of the night then? All right. So I'm torn between three. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not often that I will opt for the musical guest. Um, but I think I'm gonna this time. Okay. The the second song, the the interplay between her vocal runs and uh, her accompaniment on the guitar, it just I just I loved it. I thought that was just really really competent and a lot of fun to watch. So I think I'm going to opt with that, but for honorable mentions, I loved it when Adele walked out of the bachelorette sketch and had her, her one kind of like musical moment to just sort of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, treat the audience that was there to see her sing. And she's literally about, you know, five feet below them and about, you know, six feet away from the bleachers, you know? So Mm -hmm. the people that are there as, as fans of hers, um, they got a real treat there. And my other honorable mention Heidi Gardner, uh, you feel it in your stomach. <laughs> that was like a spit take kind of laugh for me uh, when I when I watched it. Like I really, I really kind of 
doubled over with that one. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to opt for her, but I think we had a few really fun moments in this episode. All right. Well, let's go into our best sketch then. Steve, what is it for you? Ooh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. Uh, I'm torn between three sketches. <laughs> Not really. I just wanted to be cool like you guys. Um, you try. I think I want to give it to the village people. It would be easier to do so if I considered it like a full sketch. But I mean, we've given it to like. We can update features definitely count. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there was even a back and forth with Colin there. It wasn't just right. like a, a song and dance and then they got the hell out of there. There was there was some dialogue and, and a story. So, yeah, as long as I can convince myself that it qualifies, then that's the one I want to go with. <laughs> that's fair. I'm giving it to the village people, too. Uh, I thought it was um, pretty far and away uh, the highlight of the episode. So it's an easy choice for me. John, make it unanimous. I can't. Uh, I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. I really, really did have a good time with it. But I think we had some material in this episode that really runs the gamut. We had really, really goofy, fun, accessible stuff. And we had some stuff that is a little smarter than maybe it came off the first time. And it, it's not that it's getting huge laughs, but I really like just respect the the premise or the concept or performance. So there's something in it that I was just really um, impressed by. So I think I'm going with the, the visit to grandma. You what? I'm unemployed. I don't have a job. Ah, okay. I really, really okay. like the dynamic between the grandma and the kids. I like how there's a glint of wisdom in her eyes that she knows how to cut through their BS. And mm -hmm. so if she just kind of plays it dumb, they're gonna, you know, just keep tearing themselves down until you're at the core of the issue. And, and that seems like such a, a grandma skill to have, you know, after you've been on this earth for 80 some odd years, <laughs> you just kind of know how to just see through any kind of pretense. I just think that there was some smart writing in that sketch mm -hmm. and Maya Rudolph's performance as much as maybe, you know, some of the other like heavyweight actor members of the cast could have taken that on. I really think that she just found some subtlety and just delivered it a little bit better than we would have got elsewhere. And so I'm glad the show brought her in, even if cameos and uh, alum are overused. I, I really think the sketch Sean because of what she was bringing to it as well. All right. Fair enough. Let's get into our MVP then, Steve. That's a, a tough one for me because there was no real dominating cast member. I think because of that, I'll give it to Adele because she was, great for a first-time host especially one that doesn't really act or perform other than singing she got to sing which was great to hear and i think they showcased that in a really uh clever way she was competent in the monologue and you know she showed some real characterization even though i didn't like the the 10 to 1 it was kind of cool to see her pull off an american accent somewhat convincingly so yeah i'll give it to her just because she did better than i expected well, I think I can't let Steve go first anymore because you've stolen my answer on everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, too, am going to give it to Adele because um, I think, you know, she pulled it off. I, I had high hopes for the show, but she pulled off acting in a lot of the roles better than I thought she would, particularly uh, like we mentioned, Chad. She did a really good job with um, and then gave just a heck of a performance in the Bachelor thing that I loved. Uh, so I was really having fun with uh, with Adele and 
So for a first time host, she did a really good job and no one else was super present. So to Adele, it goes. Uh, John, I have a good feeling you're going to go a different way. Uh, well, I had someone in mind, but you guys are making a pretty strong argument. I don't I don't think Adele is, you know, the, the next five timer. But mm-hmm. as a first time host who doesn't come from that type of performance background and who is notorious for having nerves, um, she did carry herself very well. And even though she was giggly and fell apart, uh, she did it in an adorable way. And you kind of need that if mm-hmm. you're going to have break and at least uh, make it kind of elevate the sketch rather than derail it. Um, so, yeah, she she was surprisingly effective as a host. Um, oh. So. You know what? I can get behind that. I I was actually oh. flirting with maybe going with Maya because I just I don't know. I Maya is someone that I you know I watched her whole tenure on the show and rooted for her after the show, and I've just always thought that she was um like a really key player in her era where she could do a lot of heavy lifting and mm-hmm. uh, much like a Cecily in in some ways didn't always get the acolytes like she she wasn't the star of the show, but she just really. She always mm-hmm. impressed. And I think that's why, you know, the show's always kind of stayed close to her and Lauren's always tried to find other vehicles to attach her to. And like, they know there's talent there and they're just trying to figure out the best way to utilize it. And it turns out, I think SNL is just the best way to utilize Maya Rudolph. <laughs> it's just really where she can shine and in the moment really deliver. Um, so there's a, a definite nod there, but Adele, I, I think, you know, I think she was probably fighting, you know, with her, with her own, uh, um, anxiety and nerves a little bit there. And uh, she came off looking pretty darn good. So I'll, I'll get behind that. All right. Very good. Uh, let's get into our uh, overall rating then. On a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck. Steve, how would you rate this episode? I've set a pattern now, so you have to go first. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not stealing <laughs> from you again. Well, this is a multiple choice question. So True. I think it's a decent a lot of really good stuff so i'm i'm overall happy with the the episode kind of lost me on that last one a little bit and you know weekend update could have been a little bit better in my opinion so a few things working against an otherwise pretty good episode i think decent is fair for sure well uh i'm going to give it a great i um it had some things that weren't working for me but overall most everything was hitting and it's hard when you're, when I'm having as much trouble as I was picking between three moments, how could I not give it a great? Mm-hmm. Um, True. So yeah, that's that John. Yep. Uh, on the Dave Buckman scale of uh, classic or great classic being don't cut anything out. It's perfect as is mm-hmm. uh, and great being when they repurpose it for the one hour vintage 10 o'clock run, it'll be like a really punchy, solid, perfect hour. I think mm-hmm. this does land on great. I think that there was a lot of fun to be had. I love that they found a lot of material that is uh, not heavily political or, or COVID related, because that to me is something that weighs down the show. Uh, I think we need escapism. And so I think something as dumb as ass angel jeans uh, <laughs> is just a, a breath of fresh air. And yes, I understand that there's a, a really bad joke in there somewhere. Um, I think that that's the kind of stuff we need, like the, the Africa stuff, the, the village people, even though that was politically tinged, it was just more goofy stuff uh, than anything else. These are just fun moments that everyone can get on board with. And there's nothing overtly partisan or just uh, a downer note, like most of the COVID tinged stuff is. So this is what I like. I really like this. I think this was a solid episode. I had a lot of fun with it. 
And by the time they're doing the good nights, I was saying, yeah, that was fun. Well, there we go. That's a wrap. Thanks to Steve Finn and John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow, and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week when SNL returns with host John Mulaney and musical guest The Strokes. But until then, this has been episode number 119 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story. Now sticking to it.